What's up, everyone? Welcome to Inside the Glass. This is where we take a closer look at how ordinary people do extraordinary things. Tonight on Nightline, one giant step. From strappy sandals to sexy stilettos, from cross trainers to crocs, this shoe store is revolutionizing how business gets done. Good morning and thank you for calling Zappos.com where Elvis was once spotted in our warehouse looking for a pair of blue suede shoes. Zappos is on track to sell a billion dollars worth of shoes, and they're having a party doing it. Tour the Zappos offices, and there's a cheerfulness you won't find in the dour offices of corporate America. Every department has its own way of greeting visitors. One of the things that's really important for us, uh, actually probably the most important focus for Zappos is to make sure we have the absolute best company culture. And part of our culture is just having a family-like atmosphere. Today we're here with Tyler Williams, fungineer at Zappos. Tyler's not only a client, but he's become a friend to Chris and I. And uh, we're going to tell the Zappos story today. We're going to dive in. Enjoy. Tony talks about a family-like atmosphere, and I'm reminded of my family uh, road trips across the country as a boy in the back of a station wagon. Uh, not many people know this, but Zappos uh, has been coming to the gathering the past couple of years on a uh, pimped-out company bus. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> they put you know 10 people in this bus, and they road trip all the way from Las Vegas to Banff, Alberta. Uh, they they stop in, in different cities during the day, and they sleep by night. Yeah, I know they show up in Banff uh, always in, in pretty good spirits. Tyler, what's actually going on behind the scenes there inside that bus? Oh, yeah, the bus is uh, definitely an adventure, <laughs> to say the least. We've been making the pilgrimage three years now, and we've flown up every time before, but we actually took a bus with a bunch of us in it this time. It took two days, two long driving days, so the driver drives at night, and so generally we, um, we are in, in a town. We stop in a town during the day while they sleep, and then we usually poke around in that town and have meetings. Or It's pretty fun, though. So eight on the bus, and uh, there's about 10 of us total here. Zappos has been a huge supporter, and they were actually the pinnacle winner last year, uh, which is a People's Choice Award, really. So all the brands tell their stories, and then uh, everybody goes onto the app and votes for the story that they think best transcends marketing as we know it. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it in a minute, but Tony talked a lot about you almost thought Tony was more of the mayor of old town down Vegas than the CEO of a company. He's got his fingers in all sorts of enterprises. Uh, the Zappos culture just permeates from HQ into the, the blocks and the square miles around the, the destination. And uh, certainly their operating style, uh, you know, I think one of the things that really resonated with me last year was Tony talked about, for some reason, as businesses get bigger, they get worse. But as cities get bigger, they get better. Uh, so what is it about the operations? And, and it was a well-deserved recognition, and Tyler will be here to hand off the trophy to this year's sort of People's Choice winner uh, tomorrow night. This is going to be fun. Let's do this. I've been at Zappos just under eight years now. I started uh, in, the, in the call center answering customer phone calls, and 
became the first Zappos fund engineer, which I was lucky enough to be able to actually write that job description, say what I wanted to get paid, and then uh, the, the rest is history. And now, now I'm lead link of uh, what's called Brand Aura, which is our purpose is Zappos universally known as fun, unique, and slightly irreverent. And our focus is our customers, community, and our um, our uh, employees. For me, there wasn't there wasn't a job that really matched up with my skill sets when I came into Zappos. So, if we needed a Halloween float built, I would build the Halloween float. If marketing needed something done, I would do it because I had a uh, background in production. But growing up, my main my main thing I think that shaped my mindset to do well at Zappos was being a musician. Because being a musician, you have to wear all the hats. And I think that that's kind of what kicked off me having an entrepreneurial mindset inside of a company and just wanting to, to create something that was unique to myself. That was my full potential. Um, not try to fit my potential in a job description. So I think it, when I first became Fungineer, I was just focused internally on employees. Uh, I would plan our company events like our parties, our, our picnic, our holiday party. And I just began to do ton of employee events because I believe that if you create collisionable time between employees, they build that trust. And then when they have that trust, they can be more productive in the workplace. And so trying to get that face time and getting the employees to engage with each other was my top priority. And then slowly, as we built a team around doing that, and we got really good at it. In fact, at the height of Fungineering, we did 350 events in one year. And, uh, and that's just for internal employees. And now uh, we've turned that energy, a lot of us have turned it out outwards towards our customers and trying to give them those unique experiences as well. We got to jump in here, Chris, and give a bit of commentary on this because we love building from the inside out and Zappos personifies that in spades. You've been there. Yeah, well, we both have, and uh, you know, my my first impression is maybe worth sharing because not only was I nearly refused entry into my business yes. meeting with Tyler and his team because I was wearing a necktie, I was there, I saw that, <laughs> and there was an uncomfortable moment if I either needed to take it back to the car or they were going to cut it off yep. with scissors. Uh, but then when we sit down the the boardroom table, Tyler comes walking in in a Luke Skywalker flight suit, <laughs> like like head to toe, and it wasn't Halloween. And 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 it, in hindsight, I learned that it was May fourth, and so he was dressed up for the May the fourth uh, be with you day. But it was just a hundred percent commonplace that these are people that are encouraged. Uh, to have celebrate fun. their not just have fun, but you know their own creative self-expression. And here was the boss of a of a you know large team that controls millions and millions of dollars, but he didn't take himself too seriously. And for those listening, you'll maybe you maybe read our book or listen to this podcast. We talk about cult brand principles. We talk about it at the gathering as well. And uh, one of the big pillars is build from the inside out. If you can't get your own staff to believe in. Your purpose and your culture, you'll never get the world to believe in it. So let's just jump back in. Amazon.com shares are up 1% in extended trading after the web retailer said it's buying Zappos.com in a deal worth about $850 million. This is a very exciting day. Zappos has a customer obsession. You know, I get all weak need when I see a customer obsessed company. Um, and Zappos certainly is that. For those of you that don't know that gentle voice, that is uh, business tycoon Jeff Bezos and uh, giving commentary on the deal he did with Zappos, which I do still believe was a very strategic and smart deal for them to do. 
Chris? Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, make no mistake about it. Zappos had been around for a decade, was a bit of an industry darling. It's one of the few companies that was prized for its culture. In fact, to this day, in 2019, people are still talking about culture-led organizations, and Zappos is on the top of that list. But uh, it, it'll be nice to listen to Tyler here talk about how was that acquisition viewed internally, because the one thing they couldn't screw up was uh, becoming more like Amazon and, and losing what made him special. When Amazon announced the acquisition, um, we really we really viewed that acquisition almost kind of like a change out of the board. At the time, we had investors, we had Sequoia, um, and really what Tony negotiated with Jeff um, over the phone is the most unique subsidiary uh, situation I think ever uh, in a, during an Amazon acquisition. He just negotiated that um, you know a lot of times. CEOs will get golden handcuffs, you know, they'll get like, stay here seven to 10 years, and there's all these incentives for you to do so. Uh, Tony negotiated that just to be distributed amongst the employees in the form of bonuses. He asked for $36,000 a year, um, and that as long as we hit our numbers, we get, to, uh, we get to run independent of Amazon, plugging in where we see fit. So the relationship with, that we have with Amazon is a lot different than other subsidiaries. So I think that's why you see, not that there isn't Amazon influence, you don't see as much of it affect Zappos like you do Twitch. Twitch is having a hard time culturally right now. Um, and I can tell you firsthand that if you allow the Amazon infrastructure to set in, it that, that will naturally happen. It'll, it'll change your culture drastically. You know, Bezos talked about being weak in the knees because of this customer-obsessed uh, organization and culture, and certainly that's one of the things that makes Zappos great, but not the only thing. The other thing that they've really prioritized is the delivery of what they call wow service. At the heart of the Zappos revolution is the call center, where actual human beings answer the phone. Hi, Patty. How are you doing? A lot of companies have learned that they, they can be rude to their customers, they can give them bad service, they can even not answer the telephone, and people still have to do business with them. Right. And right today, that's because they don't really have a choice. How can I help you today? 95% of Zappos' business comes over the internet, but they spend a lot of time and money training people to talk to customers on the phone. There's a four-week training course that every single employee, from the executives on down, are required to take, even if their jobs don't usually require talking with customers. Ryan, you, you've been a customer of Zappos, not just a client of Zappos. I mean, what did you recognize or see as a great service example? What's well, authentic, first of all, Chris, and I, I, I love that Bezos. I can't see him getting weak in the knees, but I love that. Um, and for those listening, just to know that a guy, the, the greatest businessman of our time, maybe identified just that as a reason to buy. You should, everyone listening right now, their ears should perk up. Uh, but back to your question, Chris, it, it's authentic. I walk through the call center. I have numerous times now. We've been down to Vegas many times and been intimate working with them through our agency called Collective. Um, but I have been. I tested it when we were doing our consulting with them. I said, let's see if they're full of shit and let's see if it's real. And I got to tell you, it was awesome. Uh, I actually do remember uh, her name was Mary, and uh, we didn't talk for hours. We talked for four or five minutes, but it was pleasant, and uh, they got me a different uh, color of chucks that I couldn't get anywhere else, and uh, I remember it, and it was uh, authentic, and it was real, and it made me tell, tell my wife about it. 
Well, I love the idea if you're going to try to be disruptive, you got to look not only at the behaviors of your competitors, but what are the paradigms and how do you blow those up? And so many people that have ever managed a call center know that the goal is maximizing uh, calls per minute. How many people, what's the throughput? How many people can you get on and off the phones? And Zappos took that and turned it on its head and said, how long can we keep our customers on the phone? Not in a way that uh, frustrates them, but if they want to talk, why would you ever want to hang up on a customer that was interested in talking with you? And they they reward people now. I think it's up to eight or nine hours talking to customers. Honestly, Chris, think about that even me and you we have lots of spreadsheets we deal with and companies we run and imagine you coming to me with uh, that idea or me coming to you I don't even know if we'd have the courage to say yeah that seems like a good idea because it's so counterintuitive I don't know it's crazy yeah that's actually one of the things that made me fall in love with Zappos I think even more than I already had prior to I before coming to Zappos I watched a lot of YouTube videos and uh, I read Tony's book So I was in the know, but once I saw how it doesn't matter who you are in the organization, if you're coming in at an executive level in a traditional organization, you had to go through new hire training, meaning you're going to answer customer phone calls and you're going to understand what that job is like and how that the Zappos wow is applied on a daily basis for our customers. And then during the holidays, we do holiday helping. So everybody gets on the phones. It's not for four weeks. It's about 10 days. Reps are encouraged to uh, emotionally connect with the customer. My favorite story is called Red Shoes, which is this, this uh, lady calls in and she's ordering, I think it was 30 pairs of the same type of red shoes and all these different sizes. And um, the other rep kind of probes a little bit. Wow, that's a lot of shoes. And she says, yes, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful story, but it's sad. Her son, he, was, had, he had this disease and... Um, he was he was basically um, terminal, and he wanted to get these specific type of red shoes. And then when he passed away, everybody was going to wear these red shoes. And so um, the rep was like, "Wow, I want to do something special for this." So first off, they they were able to actually donate the shoes, and then the the family and um, and the, their son's girlfriend uh, they flew them out to Las Vegas, and they just gave him a good time in Las Vegas for the weekend, which I think is a big wow for a call, a call rep to be able to make a call like that. They have the same ability that uh, Tony does to do whatever they need to do to make the customer happy. You know, Ryan, I love that story. And uh, Tyler's talking about that funeral got me thinking about uh, the mass shooting that happened in Vegas, the largest on U.S. soil. Uh, so let's go to a break here real quick and hear from our sponsors. When we come back, uh, let's hear how uh, Zappos took that spirit of delivering wow and applied it to this horrible tragedy. It's time for work to get better, faster, easier, funner. Take a look. It's time for Communo, the community made by marketing freaks for marketing freaks. No clients allowed, just us. If you're good at what you do and you want to do more of it, then join us. We made it easy, which is the total opposite of hard. How does it work? Say you're an agency owner and you're swamped. You need a writer or a designer or a videographer or whatever. Or say you're a writer or a strategist or a social media manager and you need a gig. Communo helps you two hook up, but not like Tinder. That's gross. We help you find a match and then get out of the way. Plus, we make sure Communo is loser-free because we've had everyone who applies. 
For agency owners, it's the low-risk way to grow your business without increasing your overhead or stress. And for solopreneurs who have mastered your craft but struggle to find projects on your terms, it's totally your thing. It's what the kids call a win-win. And we like to call, well, we call it a win-win too. It's how the sharing economy makes marketing services sharier. Communo, the way work should work. Retail giant Zappos is continuing to show its support for victims of the 1 October shooting. The Las Vegas-based company is now offering to cover funeral-related expenses for the families of the 58 people who were killed. This is in addition to a fundraising campaign that Zappos started on the website Crowdwise. Zappos has promised to match up to $1 million donated in that fundraising effort. You know, Chris, I debated whether we should put this in here or take it out. It's been some time since it's happened. Uh, but what Tony and Tyler and Zappos did was from the heart. And I, I love telling the story that, you know, doing something that had a purpose. They were already doing it before. And so it was a natural uh, opportunity to help again. Uh, let's hear how uh, Zappos took that spirit of delivering wow and applied it to this horrible tragedy. Yeah, that one, uh, that one was hard because you have everybody scrambling to want to support it. In times like that, there really isn't no shortage of support. What there's a shortage of is like, what is the need? And so we kind of stood back a little bit and looked at these families and said, one of the things that we realized with the fund, because the fund was growing at million dollars a day, $2 million a day. So we knew there was going to be enough money at some point, but in the meantime, there wasn't this immediate help. And so we heard this story of one of the victims, um, their family needed to cremate them when they want, didn't want to because they didn't have the money to transport the body. And we we're like, these people need money now. That's not when everybody, when the dust settles and all the lawyers get a hold of it and all of that stuff's going to happen. And we understand that even that large fund that's meant for these people, is it really going to get directly to them? So then we just made an announcement um, that we were willing to pay all the funeral costs uh, for any of the families affected by the tragedy. So, and we just said we'd pay them directly. Just send us your bills. So that was us able to immediately affect the families, um, I think, in a really powerful way. Um, not to say any of the other donations weren't amazing. It's just I think that it, that's true to Zappos is our service mentality goes like, what is the immediate thing that you need? Not just let's write a check. I think there's been times where we sponsored things in the past where um, somebody was like just looking for us to write a check and we said, no, we're going to partner with you in a different way. We're going to throw an event and bring the community out and engage with your brand to help you. If you're, Our ultimate goal with all charities we support is that they don't need our support in five years, that they're off to the races, you know. So, Ryan, I think we can both agree that Zappos' philanthropic and charitable contributions are impressive. But yeah. uh, let's leave that chapter and move on to some happier topics. Uh, let's talk about, for example, um, Life is Beautiful. hey -o! It's Rich Trickle at the 6 a.m. hour here at K-Pop Las Vegas. The fifth annual Life is Beautiful Festival is just around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. And we've got the exclusive on the 2017 lineup.
um, Life is Beautiful. I know you've had a chance to go to that festival, and Tyler oversees a, a whole department. that It's not the marketing department. It's actually called the Brand Aura Department. And they have this wonderful charter where they are really tasked with keeping Zappos special. Uh, there are other groups that have more ROI-centric things around keyword marketing or optimizing web pages. And Tyler has to make sure that uh, people have this emotional affinity and uh, something like Life is Beautiful is a good example. Yeah, I, I've been, I think, three times now. And uh, I don't know how deeply uh, Tyler and his team are involved, but for sure they're um, connected to Zappos and Life is Beautiful. And I think being connected to culture and being connected to your community and weaving through community, through music and art is a wonderful way to demonstrate true authenticity. And uh, let's hear what they have to say about that. Life is Beautiful is obviously one of our favorite because it is part of the family. It is important to note that Zappos is no in no way, shape, an owner in the festival. Uh, Tony, our CEO, is. But we have supported the festival since year one where um, a, lot of, a lot of festivals don't get very many sponsors the first year out of the gate. But we thought there was something special about Life is Beautiful. And last year, the festival sold out within 90 minutes. That was 158,000 tickets um, and for, for a three-day festival. And so for me, I really feel that Life is Beautiful is almost like that yearly temperature check of like, how are we doing? It's just this self-celebration that life is beautiful with artists, with learning, with, with culinary, with amazing lineups. And I think that um, it's just a testament to all the hard work that's been done. And there's this like yearly celebration of all of those things. I love this, Chris. And it's a good conversation for you and I to have for people listening. Um, you know, we've made a few pivots and those listening uh, know we throw the Gathering Summit, which is a marketing and more uh, extensively a business conference around courage. And for those listening that don't know, we've added and tacked on a music festival on the back end to it. And I think, Chris, you were probably the, I wouldn't say critic, but you asked why. And uh, maybe you can, uh, I'll tell you why, and then maybe you can push me on it a bit. But the reason why it started out was when we sat at the feet of these great uh, brand leaders at the gathering. If you haven't been, you should come. Uh, but music wasn't just a tactic they used for Levi's and Converse and Red Bull. It was it was their marketing. Art and culture and music brought the consumer closer to the brand in a uh, emotional way. And I know we we uh, we struggle a bit about should we what, what, why the hell did the gathering have a music festival? Well, I definitely have always agreed with your hypothesis that brands and bands have something very special right. together. Uh, I was just pulling off a music festival is a lot of work. Yeah, I know. And, <laughs> and I, I, I'm daunting. being a bit harsh on you, but uh, I, I, no, you pushed me. We got to make it work and you asked the right questions. And I, I think it's a good thing. Chris and I's relationship, you've got to know us over this podcast or in our books or conferences, we are two different people. But going back to the point of this podcast and this episode is pivoting and trying new things. And I uh, applaud you, Chris, for uh, believing in my crazy things. And now the music festival is going into its third or fourth year. And I do believe uh, we're living up to our own, uh, eating our own dog food, if you will, <laughs> making an impact on culture, not just from a business summit standpoint, but adding back some life to the city of Banff. And, town of Banff. and, and what's also nice is what comes out of it. I mean, I think Zappos's uh, experience and Tyler's personal experience of trying to pull off festivals or attending festivals, Festivals. 
led them to another amazing insight. And you never know what's going to come out of these. uh, When you start walking down a a path, what other amazing opportunities will sprout up. And when you go down these paths, you never know exactly what's going to kind of sprout out of it. And as Tyler will now tell us, they got into the porta potty business. Porta party. Yeah, porta party. Good. (laughs) Let's hear about it. We've always had that saying, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're just a service company that happens to sell blank. And so what we noticed in the porta potty industry is what it's one of the most underserved industries out there. And uh, that's really just solving the basic need. And, you know, when, when everything else seems to be solving more, you know, technology is getting to the place where it's like solving so much epic stuff yet we can't figure this one thing out. The, then, <laughs> yeah. The number one, and, and it really became apparent when I, when I was looking into sponsorships at, for different festivals and events, um, and, in co- and in kind of them, the courting process of that, I'd always ask them, like, what's your number one complaint? Because I'm, I'm intrigued by that. And it was hands down, I, I started saying, what's your number one complaint besides porta-potties? Because we already know that's your number one complaint. Um, and so for us, that was like, we're a service company. That's a giant service gap that needs to be filled. So why don't we do it in a Zappos type way? And thus the Porta Party was born and we brainstormed uh, the most fantastic toilet experience. I I think that's out there. And uh, now we have a couple Porta Parties. It gets requested to go all over the place. And now we even have clients that are saying, hey, we want to we want to rent one or we want to buy one. And so, um, in fact, Amazon just wanted to take one to Daytona, uh, to Daytona 500. And so they wrapped it for their new show, powered by Zappos, and here went this porta party out. So it's something that's turned into a, a profit center for us. And then we're working on a potential licensing deal to go national with these, with these line of potties. I love it, Tyler. Now, uh, the ideas kept coming, and you guys started to get into potentially solving the animal adoption issue. Uh, tell us a bit more about that. What I noticed is the companies that were doing things for good, they were the ones that were getting the attention. And um, there was this idea that we had had whiteboarded of nationwide pet adoptions, and we thought, why don't we take normally the discount profits that we would give away over the course of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and let's let's make that dedicated to uh, pet adoptions. And uh, the first year, the campaign went really viral, and it did really well. Um, we were able to get uh, 6,000 pets adopted nationwide. And then the second year, uh, 10,000. And now third year now, so we're at a total now of 25,000 pets adopted. We've got horses, uh, tortoises, birds, cats. At Zappos, rescued is our favorite breed. That's why we're finding homes for animals in need. Happiness doesn't always fit in the boxes we send, So we're connecting you with a forever friend. From a shelter each Friday, we hope to provide a loyal companion to stay by your side. You open your home, have kisses to spare. We'll cover the fee and you'll take it from there. With Friends on Us Fridays, we wish unto you to find that best friend that rescues you too. So now what we're doing is we're, we're taking it more to like a long-term campaign. It's called, it's just zappos.com slash pets. We're covering the adoptions in a major city 
every Friday. So we call it Friends on Us Fridays, and then we just go into a city, open up the shelter, try to clear it out. We try to identify shelters, uh, have a have a death row, or have uh, animals that they're euthanizing. So we try to target and get the animals out of there. Um, and we have a partner, North Shore, who's a great partner that helps us facilitate that. So um, holidays, think of holidays as like the Super Bowl, and Friends on Us Fridays are like the games leading up to the Super Bowl. Man, I love that. It, it, that just speaks to uh, cult brands doing the right things for the right reasons. Yep. You know, they, They're not sitting around worrying about what the ROI is on the number of pets adopted. They know that there's a problem. They know that they have the ability and maybe even a responsibility to help fix it. And it speaks a lot to both Tyler's character as well as the uh, freedom that he's been given within a, a structure within Zappos to be able to explore stuff like that. Totally. I love that. We, we say this all the time in the office. Chris, don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. Hire smart people and get them to tell you what to do. Well, in this case, maybe it's hire more creative people and more uh, weird, wild thinkers and let them uh, you know, build the brand that way. Certainly nobody more qualified for the title of Fungineer than Tyler Williams. And it's right. been great getting to know him. And I thought maybe we could just wrap up today's podcast by talking with a, a member of his team, someone who's been mentored by him, someone that's been able to see him in good times and maybe in stressful times. And uh, let's see um, what, what Kristen has to say about working with Tyler. Hi, this is Kristen. Hello, Kristen. This is Chris. Hi, Chris. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do for Zappos, and uh, how long you've been there? Uh, I'm Kristen Rickmer. I've been with Zappos for almost seven years. It'll be seven years on March 4th. I decided to come to Zappos from the airline industry mainly for a quality of life change. Uh, definitely took you know a pay cut. I took a title cut, all of those things backwards in my career. Um, but I did it for a quality of life change. The first time I met Tyler, he was wearing a, a Luke Skywalker flight suit. Uh, and the first time he met Tyler, he was wearing a tutu and cowboy boots. So he makes quite the first impression. He, you know, he really does. And I was laughing when you said that earlier that most companies don't have a, or you have never heard of a company that had a brand or a team. I always say when people say that, well, you have never met a company that had a Tyler Williams either. So it really just goes kind of hand in hand. When you moved on to the brand or a team, uh, you and Tyler started working more closely together on things. How, how did you guys complement each other? Uh, what was your working relationship like? I honestly really didn't know what to expect. Literally all I knew of Tyler was super nice guy, wore cowboy boots and tutus, um, and that was kind of it. So I, I didn't have a ton of expectation going into it, almost just more a bit more of like curiosity and maybe even a little bit of fear just because it was a world that I had no idea about. I think one of the things that, you know, to this day that I think Tyler has taught me the most was what I learned from him the first year, which was he trusted me so much to make my own decisions. And all he did was support me in making those decisions. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from him still to this day is that when I try to, you know, be a mentor, a leader to other people is trusting them to trust themselves to make those decisions. 
I love that. I think that's great advice for our listeners. And I, it does take, it's it's two sides of a coin. I think you need a boss that is trusting, and I think you need an employee that is trustworthy, right? You, you can give a lot of people a lot of leash, and they can screw things up. And But when you f- do have a rock star, uh, the last thing you want to do is get in their way or impede their progress. So it sounds like he, uh, he gave you a lot of runway to go and do the things that you needed to do and gave you the air cover necessary to get it done. Yeah, I think one of the things that I will forever cherish and kind of always take with me, no matter where I'm at or in my career or, you know, which, wherever I, wherever I go is Tyler's like uncanny ability to be able to be himself in any situation, which has just inspired me to do the same and inspire other people to do the same. So whether that's from asking, you know, very simple or complex questions, no matter who's in the room or if it's, you know, jumping in and helping out with anything or, um, you know, sticking to his amazing fashion choices of uh, Birkenstocks and customized socks with his dog's face on them. But Tyler is always himself in any situation that he's in. And that's something that I definitely appreciate and, and cherish about him for sure. That's a great way to wrap it, talking to Kristen. Um Tyler, thank you for letting Chris and I into your world and not only your journey at Zappos, but just you personally. I hope our listeners uh, loved listening. We're out. You've been Inside the Glass with me, your host, Ryan Gill, and my amazing co-host, Chris Nealon. This podcast was spawned by the remarkable stories and relationships Chris and I have forged at The Gathering in Banff, Alberta, Canada. It's a marketing summit and business summit bringing together the biggest, brightest, but most important, the most courageous brands in the world. Join us for another exciting episode of Inside the Glass where we'll introduce you to and you'll get to know another ordinary person with a remarkable story. Special thanks to Tyler Williams for letting us tell his extraordinary story. Thanks also to our contributor, Kristen Rickmer. Thanks to our sponsor, Communo, for making this podcast possible. Also, for more information on how to be part of the gathering, you can visit us at www.cultgathering.com. Again, that's www.cultgathering.com. Inside the Glass was recorded in 2018 at the gathering in Banff, Alberta, Canada. This podcast was produced by Ryan Gill, Chris Neeland, Daryl Swart, Adam Gill, and Jason Graham. This production was recorded, edited, mixed, and mastered by Daryl Swart at Park Hill Studios in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Original music courtesy of Wormpoo.